Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm Jason Bates from 11FS, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Toby Treble, CEO for Europe of Wealthsimple. Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Toby. Thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to speak to you. So, uh, tell us about Wealthsimple. For those people who don't know the company, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Wealthsimple was born out of the idea that everyone, no matter their HR income, should have access to smart financial products and investment advice. We would like to make investing easy, accessible, transparent. How do we do this? We provide people with smart investment portfolios that help them reach their goals, no matter whether that's saving for retirement, saving for their children, or just to put some money aside for a later stage in their lives. We were founded in 2014 in Canada, and we now have more than 40,000 clients managing more than 1 billion US dollars in assets. So, wow, over the last, uh, I guess, what is that, three years now? Um, that's a scale to, to 1 billion Canadian dollars. Uh, how did you manage to scale so fast? When, when we were first founded in, in 2014, digital investing wasn't common practice in Canada. No one really knew about it. There weren't many any players out there. And we spent the first years educating people on, on the importance of long-term investing and, and speaking to people about the why of investing rather than the how. And our partnership with Power Financial, which we entered into quite quickly after we went live, was a huge step in, in our path towards starting to realize our dream of becoming a global player, a global online investment platform. Um, Power Financial, they have $1.4 trillion in assets, They've got an international footprint, and they're really a true partner to us. And we've been able to scale outside Canada because of all the lessons that we learned inside Canada, how to grow a business, how to acquire clients, how to build trust, how to build a brand. And we launched in the U.S. earlier this year, and we expanded to the U.K. as our third market as recently as two months ago. I guess we've seen a variety of companies recently who started in the B2C play, uh, space move into the B2B partnerships. Uh, Scalable Capital, another um, robo-advisor, Bird, a company that, that I'm involved uh, with, both, I guess, started with that B2C and moved to B2B or B2B2C in order to grow scale. Is that how you see things too? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're very much focused on B2C in the UK as we only just launched. Having said that, in Canada, we have, we have a B2B offering as well, where we work with financial advisors, we work with um, large institutions and offer various partnership models, one of them being a white label solution where we make our platform accessible to the clients of our partner. And that is ultimately one way to, to scale very quickly. Having said that, the B2C side is is a big focus for us. And we see a tremendous opportunity across all three countries that we operate in. So how do you differentiate Wealthsimple from the other big robo-advisor players out there today? Well, where do I even begin? (laughs) (laughs) The biggest biggest way we think we stand out from uh, some of the other players is, is really that we provide a hybrid approach through a combination of human and tech expertise. So we offer on-demand advice to clients 
from real accredited, from qualified financial advisors or investment advisors, as they're called in the UK. Um, and that, I think, is, is very important. We want to humanize money. We want to humanize the act of investing. So you can sign up on Simple very easily online or through an app. You can fund your account. You can see investments grow. However, any, at any point in time, all of our clients have access to a qualified investment advisor. And that, I think, is very, very important because investing can be can be overwhelming it, it is it is difficult and we want to humanize that act yeah i was talking to a a big wealth bank in the uk recently and they were talking about still the the need for that personal touch especially when you're talking about very large ticket investments that really aren't at the low end of the market where someone might put a few hundred pounds away where do you see robo advice playing or and i guess wealth simple specifically in that market? Is it for people who really are just putting a few hundred pounds or people who are putting hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars? We like to attract a broad range of clients. Millennials are an important part of our customer base, but we generally tend to appeal to people that like technology, Mm -hmm. um, that want an offering that is easy and intuitive to use. And we've got a very streamlined and easy and and hopefully great user experience for our clients. And the range of clients is, is very diverse. In North America, um, we've, we have a client that is 104 years old. Having said that, our youngest client is probably just born through the JISA offering, which is a tax-efficient um, tax wrapper for, for children in the UK. So it's really a broad spectrum of clients. And we want to make investing accessible to anyone, no matter their age or income. And we really believe in that. Mm. So uh, robo-advisors, or the term, seems to hide a variety of models, a variety of journeys. Uh, In some ways, uh, someone described it to me recently to say, it's not robo and it's not advice. Uh, You know, it doesn't use AI, it's not clever. And, you know, in the end, it's uh, advising people or looking at risk profiles and then putting them into a portfolio bucket. Um, is that a, a similar approach to the one you're using? Or how does the user journey work? I don't think I agree with everything that you just said about robos. We don't love the term either because we're human. You can speak to someone at Wealth Simple anytime you want, whether that is just someone on the customer service team to help you with the sign-up process or to answer any questions you may have. Or as I mentioned, you, you have access to an investment advisor who can really provide restricted investment advice. Mm-hmm. We deem the client journey um, or the outcome of it, the recommendation after the risk questionnaire, we deem that as, as advice. Uh-huh. And we are regulated by the FCA. We are authorized to provide investment advice to retail clients, and we are authorized to uh, provide discretionary portfolio management. Mm-hmm. So back to the to the client journey, it is really extremely easy and you can go through it within five minutes without any, any human interaction. You sign up, you answer 12 questions in the UK. Um, it's very quick to assess your knowledge and experience, your financial circumstances, your capacity for loss and your investment experience. Mm-hmm. And based on that, we recommend a portfolio to you that, that has a broad diversity of, of funds in both equity and fixed income, that is very much global and diversified. 
that is pretty much it. You can then go on open accounts, tax efficient accounts such as ISAs and JISAs in the UK and the equivalent thereof in the US and in Canada. And then you can go ahead and fund your account. And that's pretty much it. It is really that simple. That's great. Um, it does sound like a, an interesting new hybrid model where I think we've seen a variety of players come through who seem to be, I guess, copying you know, the bigger players in the US. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. Uh, so how do you acquire customers? Uh, let's get to the business model questions. Like, how do you make money? How do you acquire customers? Let, let's start with, how do you acquire customers? Yes, absolutely. So our growth strategies have changed a lot since we founded the company three and a half years ago. In the beginning, we were very much focused on growth channels that didn't necessarily scale. And, and we're much more focused on word of mouth tactics to build customer trust and overall credibility. And now we're sort of at a stage where we're really building a brand, a lasting, independent brand that humanizes investing, that humanizes financial services. And we think that is a gigantic opportunity for us. So in the US and in the UK, we can very much build on the experience and lessons learned in growing a brand in Canada. And we'll be looking at a variety of tactics to attract people through uh, growth and marketing initiatives. And, and one of them, one of my favorite ones, is, is running the great ad campaigns that we've become um, very much known for. One of them is Mad World, which you may have seen. Mm. Yeah, I, I also saw the Wealth Simple Money Diaries. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That seemed, seemed quite interesting. Yeah, we, we love our Money Diaries series. And let me tell you a little bit about it. So our founder, global founder, Michael Katchen, he, back in the day, he convinced his friend Rudy Adler to join the, the founding team and start building a brand that would break through the noise of financial services and talk about financial decisions that people actually care about. Early on this year, we, we brought on board uh, the former GQ editorial director, Devin Friedman, and he has really driven the Money Diaries series when he, when he joined. And the idea really behind the Money Diaries is to speak with interesting people about their relationships with money. Some are, you know, some money diaries are hilarious, others are incredibly touching, but most importantly, all of them are very human, and that is very important for us. We understand that investing is complicated and can be overwhelming, and we would like to humanize it, we would like to make it simple. One of the money diary series that I like a lot is, is Elijah Wood, um, where he reveals that he, to this day, is still nervous about making huge purchases. Mm -hmm. I also like John Hamm, who, who uh, told us that he, he just wishes that he had enough money to buy a time machine that would take him back to Italy during the Renaissance period. Um, 
So we have a lot of examples of that, and you should definitely take a look. And where can listeners find those uh, money diaries? They can find them on our blog, or we call it magazine, at wealthsimple.com, or on the on the app. I'm fascinated by this human angle because that's something that 11FS we often talk to customers about and, and banks as clients. This idea that actually digital can be the, the coldest channel known to man because it has the absence of people. But when it's used at its best, it can be the, the most personal, the most interesting. And I guess what interests me through this conversation is the use of the money diaries, the use of people and the ability to contact those. And also, I noticed that you offer social responsible investing. Um, does, does that ethical investment also play into this human humanness? Absolutely. It, it is hugely important for us. We started offering SRI portfolios in Canada back in 2016 and in the US earlier this year. And what we found is 35% of our clients in North America have at least one account in an SRI portfolio. So that just shows you that our clients value social responsible investing and they've demanded it and we've responded by offering what, what our clients would like. We listen to them and we offer what they would like. And social responsible investing is, is just one one area. And I also noticed that you've also taken one of those um, other angles we talk a lot about in terms of partnerships and APIs, and that you, uh, you did a partnership with Mint last year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the partnership with Mint is in the US. We strongly believe in making smart financial decisions accessible and transparent to people. And it felt a bit like a no-brainer to partner with the brand that enables their clients to have a full picture of their financial well-being. So our partnership with Mint allows clients to integrate their Wealthsimple account with their Mint dashboard to include investments as part of their financial overview. And um, it's all about making investing accessible easy and low cost. And, and the partnership with Mint is a great example of that. So we also asked some people on fintechinsidernews.com that, uh, to suggest some questions. So I'd like to, to just give you a, a couple of those. Uh, firstly, there was a question on how you essentially establish yourself and uh, compete in the market. I think we've, we've, we've covered that already. But the second question was about whether you're looking at institutional investors and whether the, the product appeals to, for instance, pension funds. Is there anything, is there, is there any plan to, uh, to look broader than the, the consumer offerings? The focus definitely is on the consumer. But I, I did mention in the beginning that we do offer a B2B product as well. Um, I, I guess I'm not 100% sure on the question. A precise question was, how are the new wealth tech players looking to work with institutional investors whose data can't be personalized? So I guess it's less the, well, just as you say, it's a B2B offering rather than a B2C. And therefore, I guess the question comes to, who, who are your competitors and where are you uh, differentiating or, or competing? Is it in the asset management space? Is it in the banking space? Is it in the, the wealth manager, the private bank, the independent financial advisor? Which piece of the existing market are you, uh, are you competing with? It is probably all of the above to some extent and, and none of them to another extent. We want to make investing available to everyone. Um, there are a lot of people in the UK and elsewhere around the globe that do not have access to investing, they do not have access to financial services, partly because they may not have the minimum investments required by, 
by independent financial advisors, or they simply do not want to pay the very high fees that, that those advisors offer. We would like to make smart investing accessible to everyone, no matter their age or income, no matter whether they have prior investing experience or, or not. And that, I think, is very important. So it's a very broad answer, I guess. So what's the business model? How do you, how do you pay the bills? How do we pay the bills? Yeah, how do you make income? So ultimately, like a lot of other technology-driven companies, our business model is, is one of scale and we need to grow in order to operate at a profit. We charge clients a management fee that in the UK ranges between 50 and 70 basis points. That includes everything. It includes the investment advice. It includes the calls to our investment advisor. It includes the construction of the portfolios, the trading, the rebalancing, the dividend reinvesting statements, etc. But we've built a business that uses technology to reduce the overhead costs of traditional financial institutions. And we also build all the technology in-house. And we can thus offer our platform, our products across all of our geographies and thus sort of leveraging our platform internationally. And our perspective is very much that we're making long-term bets and we're patient in what we're building. And an important part of that is, is very much our partnership with Power Financial, one of the largest financial services conglomerates in the world. And they have allowed us or they've given us the runway to put strategies in place to become a global leader in the investment management space. So that's great. Um, we often ask our interviewees uh, just a few questions about their careers and about, I guess, productivity in teams, because I think there's a, a lot of people interested at the moment on how the new organisations work and how they manage to do so much in such little amounts of time and, and money, I guess. So how do, you, how do you lead? How do you maintain productivity and focus within the company? Personally, because I, I think I need to get organized and be productive myself as well. So what I found over the last years that works, what works very well for me is, is setting two to three high impact goals every night to be achieved over the next day. And that lets me focus on, on the important, on the high impact things and issues at hand. It keeps me motivated and it sort of focuses me to think about the larger picture rather than getting, getting caught up in, in small details or in the daily madness. What it means sort of for the broader team, and we are, we are 130 people worldwide and in the, in the UK where I'm based, um, it's eight of us. We're a very small team and we, uh, as the leadership team, very much takes a real interest in every single team member. And there's a genuine caring for, for each other at Wealth Simple. That's very much our culture, which I think is very important. Another aspect on how we manage our company is transparency. We're very open and transparent with the team as to what the priorities are, what we're working on. Um, we share board documents internally. I think transparency is, is one that motivates people when, when you can all come together and, and work on the same goal and you're all on the same page. I think that, that, that works very well. And we're very much a horizontal company. Everyone chips in when there is a problem, no matter what their role is. Personally, I still speak to clients every day. And I very much enjoy that. So what's the best career advice you've ever been given or received? Very early on in my career, Goldman Sachs, a senior partner just told me one thing. He said, ask questions first. 
and then respond, then sell, and then bring bring across your point. But understand the uh, the counterparty first before you uh, you sell. It makes sense to me. I think uh, I love the fact that that so many companies at the moment seem to be uh, finding their way to these. Uh, mission-driven businesses that have transparency and openness and small teams delivering you know great fintech solutions there seems to be a a real wave of interview after interview or client after client who are saying very similar things do you think that that's part of a broader trend i would hope so and and we're here we're certainly here to to make that happen and and our our vision is to become a global player and that's what we what we try to do every day, and and we would very much welcome a a collective effort from a lot of other players out there that would share a similar approach. Well, that's fantastic, um, Toby. It's been amazing to talk to you. Where can people find out more about you and or Wealth Simple, and and find out more about what you're doing? Absolutely, you can just go go to wealthsimple.com or find us on the App Store. It's available to download both for iOS and Android. It's very, very easy to find us. Perfect. Toby, thanks so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jason. And don't forget, you can find 11FS, the people who bring you this podcast, a challenger consultancy that creates and launches next generation finance propositions for our clients, taking a startup approach to making a difference. Come talk to us at 11FS team on Twitter or hello at 11FS.com if you want to drop us an email. If you like what you've heard this week, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. We love that. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.